It's on now for another catch-up for Motorsport New Zealand, another of their international stars doing great things and inspiring the next generation of young Kiwi racers. It is a very big kia ora, g'day to Brendan Hartley. How are you? Yeah, doing good, mate. How about yourself? Fantastic. Congratulations, firstly, on Le Mans. It's uh, another win in the books for you and a pretty special, statistically, uh, place in the record books, Brendan. To win more than one is huge, but to win another one with a different manufacturer, that's even more amazing. Congrats. Yeah, both both were special. This this one was definitely different. As you, as you say, winning with another manufacturer, I think, is, is already quite a cool thing. I don't know how many other drivers have done it. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Um, but it, it's it's always a tough race, regardless of how much competition there is or not. It, it, it's a brutal race to get to the end of. Um, we got our card at the end without a scratch on it, um, which which was a big challenge in itself. But the other reason I'd say it was it was a weird, um, well, very different experience was was the lack of fans. So incredible job by the ACO to to get the the race underway and 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 happening. Um, but that was at the sacrifice of of not having fans at the track and. Um, I think it was a little reminder to me to, to how important, well, I think that's my alarm going off. I, I don't know what that alarm was for, but um, <laughs> it was a little reminder. It was a little reminder to me of, of how important the fans are, in particular at a race like, like Le Mans. Um, that's such a, yeah, that, that, that's such a big part of it. That atmosphere on the grid, the, the scrutineering on the Sunday before the, the driver's parade where there's, I don't know how many thousands of people line the street. Um, so it, it was weird. Like, you know, when you put your helmet on and you're in the car, you've obviously got the same goal and, and you're not normally focused on, on the, on the fan. And, and the, I mean, you, you sometimes smell a bit of a barbecue happening around our Nage, um, and some of the campsites, but it's out of the car, just a very different feeling, a lot more relaxed. It, it was the most I've ever slept during a, a 24 hour race week. Um, just because of so many less commitments from, from media or walking throughout the, the paddock was, was easy normally we're bombarded with autograph requests and, and people looking to say hello and, and yeah it, it yeah like i think i'm talking about too much but it, look, a very different experience and it, it took me a while to realize um that i'd won the race because standing on that podium yes of course you have all the team personnel um, but it took a couple of days to really realize what, what you know what it meant to, to win lamore for a second time compare the two in the sense of how grueling they are was one more taxing than another and you know very different machines um obviously but but what were the differences um different teammates which which, yes, obviously. Uh, which yeah. is cool um yeah so during my time at porsche and toyota i did have a few changes of teammates and um the first world championship was with with mark weber and, and timo bernard which we we formed such a bond a strong bond together and they'll be friends for life then Mark was uh, Mark retired and he changed with Earl Bamber. So uh, anyway, I mean, I'm sure most of the viewers from, from New Zealand will know the story that myself and Earl grew up racing together. I spent summers on his farm. Um, so it was such an incredible story that 20 odd years later, uh, we stood on the top step of the Le Mans podium together as, as fellow Kiwis and, and friends as a kid. So that was an incredible moment. Um, at the same time, Mark, who who had been such a big part of my um, time at Porsche and, and endurance racing, actually was up on the podium with us, presenting us with the watches. So I think that that was such a special moment to have not only Earl but also Mark, who like we just had this such incredible bond and to stand up there was was incredible. 
then to change manufacturers, you, you, you start that relationship again. So I've got completely different teammates. I've got a different team personnel. Some of them I know very well. Um, so even Sebastian Boemi, my, my teammate uh, in the, the TSO 50, was was uh, one of my first flatmates in Europe when, when I came came here over here 15 years ago. So, yeah, it's a, it's a small little world. Um, Amazing. Great, um, great memories for you. Um, as you look ahead at the rest of the year, Brendan, what does it look like now? Because it's been such a jumbled, such a difficult year for everyone in motorsport, hasn't it? Yeah, at, at the moment, I almost feel like a part-time racer compared to previous years. Um, I think in hindsight, I probably took on a little bit too much in some of the previous years. And that also, also after my time in F1, uh, at the end of the season when I had a situation where I wasn't going to be racing Formula 1, but I had to find uh, the new opportunities, I really took every single thing that I could. I was a simulator driver for Ferrari. I was a reserve driver for Alfa Romeo. I was doing endurance racing in LMP1 with SMP. I took on a uh, reserve driver role with Toyota, then ended up racing the end of the season. I took on Formula E test program with Porsche at the beginning of the year. Then I was racing with another team at the end of the year. I mean, I had so many things on the go. Um, and, and I'm now in a situation where I'm solely racing for Toyota. So I stopped uh, with the Formula E program. Um, it didn't go very well. Um, you know, I, I, I always remained optimistic that we could take on the challenge against the big manufacturers, even if I was in um, one of the smallest teams on the grid. It didn't go as well as we would have liked, and, and that's come to an end. Um, so right now, I'm, I'm only in endurance racing, which I've quite enjoyed having a bit more time to go and ride my bike, get really fit, <laughs> be completely focused on something I really love, and Ultimately, endurance racing is probably the form of motorsport that I've I've enjoyed the most throughout my career. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm happy with that, but I am probably looking to to add a few few more races going forward, um, just because I've, I've I've got the time. But there's so much uncertainty at the moment that for next year, for example, if I was looking to do some races in America, it's just not clear at the moment with travel restrictions. You know, going in and out of countries is is, is not straightforward. Um, so there's there's still a few question marks in the air. Um, but at the moment, I'm I'm fully focused on the World Endurance Championship. So we have one more race left left in the season ne- uh, next month in Bahrain. Um, but the the focus has also started to shift to the new race car and the new hypercar era. Uh, so the LMP1 cars that we've raced for the last uh, five or six years are coming to an end, which is very sad. You know that they've that they're incredible. They're some of the fastest cars on earth. Um, incredibly fuel efficient. Um, they've moved technology and hybrids uh, to to a new level, uh, but the budget's got out a bit of a bit out of control, and and uh, I, I think ultimately that's that's what's 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 ended the the LMP1 era. But we're moving into the hypercar era. So um, Peugeot have announced they're coming back to take on the hypercar era. There are many rumors of other manufacturers. So I would still say the the uh, the endurance racing Le Mans and and WEC. The, the future looks very bright. Um, I would say that there still might be a a bit of a lack of competition for next year, but definitely going forward, uh, yeah, it, it, it's looking good. And Toyota are very committed, and and I'm very excited to move forward into this new era. Lots of people are excited about the the new era. It's fantastic that you're actually getting to, you know, get your teeth into that right now. I want to touch on just something you mentioned before, and that is kind of perhaps what might be unfinished business for you or, or uh, opportunities that you still may want to go off and pursue. So clearly, endurance racing, which you've developed this real affinity with, this real love for, is is a prime focus. But what other things, 
Brendan, have you got a little yearning for that you'd, you'd oh, I'd really like to go and tick that race or, you know, we're talking on the eve of the Bathurst 1000 more or less. Is that one of them, for example? Yeah, that's a, it's a difficult question. Um, the last few months, I, because so much is uncertain, I haven't really chased too many other things. And as I said, I've, I've actually just enjoyed having to not hop on a, on a plane two or three times a week like I did the last year's. Um, Bathurst, 100%, is something I grew up watching. Uh, the Bathurst 1000 is definitely a race that I would love to do one day. Uh, it's not something I'm actively pursuing, but yeah, I, I think that yeah, would, I would be crazy to say anything other than yeah, as as a Kiwi, it's it's definitely uh, one of those races we've all we've all grown up watching and and would love to be a part of. Um, America, Brendan, America. Yeah, so I've done a fair amount of racing in the US in, in sports cars. I love the racing there. Um, very different style within the teams, within the racing. I've, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I, I also grew up watching dirt track racing. I, I think I've mentioned in interviews before. So my, my brother did a bit of midget and sprint car racing. I did have a little taste of, of uh, a sprint car maybe seven or eight years ago. Um, absolutely loved it. And yeah, I'd, I'd love to have a crack one day. I don't know when that's going to be, but I would love to jump in a world of outlaw and you know, do a bit of testing before, but I'd love to go to the, you know, the, the Knoxville Nationals or in a midget at the Chili Bowl. I, I'm a big fan of 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 dirt racing. I'm not I'm not claiming that I've I've got the skills to go and do it, but I'd love to I'd love to give that a crack. Um, I, you know, I'd love to try some different stuff. Um, actually, I, I was just cycling yesterday with uh, Valtteri Bottas, and, I, and I've been chatting to him. He does he's done a bit of rally and. I know he was meant to be doing one uh, this week, I think, and and um, it made me think a little bit. That I'd love to just give a few different things a go, and and maybe it would it would be more as uh, for for pleasure than than really for the career. Well, who knows? But um, at, at, it's it's clear that I really love endurance racing, and that's definitely the, my my career going forward over the next few years. Um, but yeah, I would love to dabble with with a, f- a few more uh, side projects if if possible. Also, I, I guess people that follow Rally New Zealand. It, there's um there's just been an event put together and um, I'm just trying to remember the name of it. Jack's, you, Jack's Ridge. Really Jack's Ridge. It's going to be fantastic, mate. It's going to be huge. Which looks awesome, and and that that's a prime example of I I would have loved to have been there, but obviously with current travel restrictions, it's probably not going to be possible. But there's a great example of of an event that's that's actually putting people um, like myself. I think I think Shane's going to be there, and there's maybe two other yeah. uh, tarmac boys. And um, yeah, mate, I'd be all over that. Hope, hopefully next year. Good stuff. We want to talk about uh, just some of the challenges that you faced in your career as we look to perhaps giving some advice or, as we said at the top of this chat, maybe a little inspiration for young races that are coming through. You've detailed some of those in interviews and podcasts and so on. When you were, you know, a Red Bull junior, it came with with lots of wonderful door openings, Brendan, lots of wonderful opportunities, but a lot of pressure as well. What are the learnings from that? And what might be the kinds of pieces of advice that you would you would offer to some of those that are, are watching and that are coming through the junior formula now? Yeah, these, these, these questions are really tough. Um, I think the obvious one is, is um, you know, t- taking taking uh looking at mistakes and, and hard times as a positive and and actually learning from them um it's not always easy to be a good sport and see a tough race or a, a tough challenge as, as in a positive way um 
but I think it's always worth reminding yourself that that no one's having a good day uh, every day of the week, and and you've you've got to go through those hard times, and you've got to get those experiences to actually move forward. So, I guess looking at things in a different way, and and looking at it as as a positive when when you've had a bad day. Okay, how can I do that better next time? How can I, yeah, you know, just trying to trying to see the positive in things is something that I've I've worked on over my career. Then you know it wasn't always like that, but I, I think I've got better at it. Um, and I think the other the other one is is just taking advice from people. Um, I know as a Kiwi through my career, I've had plenty of people looking to help um, from, from New Zealand. We're, we're, we're very lucky in New Zealand to have supporters like the Traps, P, PJ who, who helped me from, from a young age. I've you know, Barry Tomlinson who ran the Toyota racing series from, from when I was doing it. And, you know, there's, look, there's plenty of people out there to give advice to. Um, I've had advice from from drivers, from engineers, from. I think the the idea is to have an open enough mind to take the advice, even if you don't always agree with it. I think if, if you're if you're open enough to ask for help, people are generally happy to give it. And then I think it's it's about um, figuring out what what's the right advice for you, you know. And you, even if you don't agree with ninety percent of what someone's told you, there's there's always going to be ten percent that um, that you're going to be able to take and, and use in your own situation. Belatedly, congratulations to you and to everyone who was involved in the Racing Local project before you went back in kind of the middle of the year. And, yeah, and, well, uh, yeah, I loved it. It was it was terrific. But I mean, with the the you know arrival of COVID, the fact that many Kiwi races came home uh, was a great initiative, um, Brendan, and everyone getting online and and racing. What do you? think has been the knock-on from all of that from sim racing where and where do you see it sort of fitting at the top level because you have done some things with toyota where you were um racing you know online but but very much in a, in a factory sense haven't you yeah it was such a weird situation you know when the whole world was was basically in lockdown um and as as racing drivers we were very lucky to have this this uh, tool in the box, you know, racing simulators where we could kind of showcase our skills. It's not exactly the same. I can't say I was particularly good in the simulators and, and that's where the, you know, the idea came and it, yeah, it felt great to be part of the, uh, you know, the, you know, the idea and, and putting together the, the racing local thing. What uh, One thing I did learn from that was how difficult events management is. We, we, we sometimes regretted, taking on so much it, it was a huge amount of work for four weeks but it was so nice to see the whole motorsport community come together from all different disciplines and and also help helping for a good cause and um, and then yeah as, as you say after the, the that four weeks of racing local i did a bit of sim racing i was doing you know speedway and and, and dirt track as i said and that was what was also cool that um it, it was really mixing um the different skills and areas of, of motorsport i then did the Lamar the virtual Le Mans 24 hour with, with, uh, with Toyota and our teammates, it was fun. You know, we, we approached it like a real race. We did testing. We had a, we had a SIM driver on board who was helping us. Um, of course you don't have the same adrenaline rush in the race, but managing risk and reward, a lot, a lot of the, a lot of the mental side was, was really similar. That, that was an interesting process also for the engineers at, at Toyota. No, no one before had ever, thought to do a, an online sim race, but I think everyone took something from it. As we wrap up this conversation, a couple of questions to, to finish. The New Zealand Grand Prix has immense history in this country. You can you know go back to some of the greats that came, to the likes of Kenny Smith, to you name it. Um, would it be nice to kind of 
add that one to the, the Brendan Hartley list as well because it's still cherished very much, Brendan, isn't it? I like the way you said when Kenny Smith came. He's still coming, I think. Yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, last time I spoke to him, he was already talking about the next New Zealand Grand Prix, which I love, by the way. I love, I love, I love telling some of the Europeans about Kenny Smith and you know, the ones that haven't heard of him and, and and what he's doing at his age and and how motivated he is. He's 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 unbelievable. You know, um, I didn't mention him before, but, you know, so I, I'm actually feeling very guilty. I just mentioned before about the amount of Kiwis that are there looking for advice. Kenny was the first guy, you know, I, I was, I was there, um, first time in a, in a single seater at 12 years old, he was there giving me advice watching and he became a bit of a mentor to me. And, and, um, that was actually a big whoopsie for, as I said, there's so many Kiwis like him, but he, he's a, he's the living legend and, and he, he's the guy that if you're a young driver, you need to go and have a chat to him and, and, and listen very carefully. So, um, yeah, the New Zealand Grand Prix is, is something I didn't, I didn't win. And, and as you say, it is very prestigious. I think, I, I think I'm right in saying there's only two or three races in the world that can actually be called a Grand Prix. I think it's a Formula One Grand Prix and Macau Grand Prix, the New Zealand, New Zealand Grand, Grand Prix, Prix, there might be another yeah. one. Yeah. So it, it's a pretty prestigious thing. Um, I don't have any plans on coming back this year to, to race it, but yeah, maybe when I'm Kenny's age, I'll I'll make a comeback. Final one for you as we kind of conclude where we began on this with the Le Mans 24-hour. I mean, just one of the world's all-time great races. When you look back on what you've achieved in your career so far, to think you could chalk up two and with, with two very different, very big global um, automotive manufacturers is a massive achievement, Brendan. I hope you've had a chance to pause and to take that in, even though it's been a, a crazy year. Yeah, no, I, I have. And as I said before, I haven't been as busy in the past. So the last couple of weeks, you know, I've got, I've got the trophy sitting in the, in the hallway there and. Um, show us it. Can you, t- can you, can you turn the, can you turn the camera around and show us the trophy? Or can we pass? Is Sarah, Sarah might pass it over. <laughs> I've got a few, I've got a few helmets here. Love it. Love it. I'm on the iPad, but. Uh, we, we we sometimes do some helmet swaps. So that's Mark's helmet. Mark's, I, I yeah. Mentioned before, uh, Timo below. Um, Fantastic. Actually, uh, X Motor GP rider is a good buddy of mine, Eugene Levity. So I've done a couple of helmet swaps with people and stuff. If I walk in here, the light's not on, but you will see. There's a couple of uh, a couple Brilliant. of more trophies there. Brilliant. So I think that's the uh, the latest one. That was the third place. And um, and actually, you might you might like this. This is a. I don't know if you can actually see that. No, you probably can't. Oh, in the reflection. It's a, it's anyway, okay. this, is a, this is a signed uh, photo from from Chris Amon that he personally signed. Fantastic. This is super cool. And the one at the top here, which you might like, it's it's actually Bruce and Denny Holm signature on one little bit of uh, paper, and I've got the the photo of them together. Which just, it's, it's, it's it's that's just not working with the reflection. Is that there? You go. You can kind of see it now. Some of my little prize possessions, but that's a cool one. I, think I love it. it. Yeah, it'd be pretty hard to find Bruce and Denny's signature on a little bit of. paper. Well, you've added to some important pieces of um, motor racing history. I love the fact that you have such an appreciation um, for those in in New Zealand motorsport that have um, that have come before you and done some amazing things. And well done for offering up um, some some good pieces of advice for the next generation coming through. Congratulations on on Le Mans again and, and winning again in twenty twenty. Yeah, cheers, Rusty. Fantastic to catch up with him. There he is, Brendan Hartley. We'll be back with another. 
Kiwi catch-up, some of the, the drivers that are doing exceptional things on the international scene very soon. And for all the latest news as far as events that are happening right near you, go to the Motorsport New Zealand website, motorsport.org.nz.